Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. So glad that you're joining me today. I hope that you were able to listen to last week's show because we're really talking about the holiday time, how we do holidays, why holidays are so stressful, and how we even survive it. And so I gave you lots of different ideas at the end of the show about really going into it with appropriate expectations. And we seem to have, you know, expectations that are elevated during the holidays. And maybe that's because family rituals and assumptions about how holidays are supposed to be. And, you know, we might make some of those assumptions like, well, holidays are supposed to be joyous and happy. Well, I think there's room for that. I also think there's a mixture of grief and maybe some loss because maybe some people that used to be at all the holidays are not at the holiday this this year. And so there may be some open spots. Maybe there are even some new individuals that have come with all the extended family that you may be sharing this time with. And so we really want, (coughs) excuse me, to have these appropriate expectations that we would, as much as we would love them to be really fun and really happy and everybody gets along, that may not always be a realistic expectation. So we also kind of think that holidays are when families are supposed to all come together. And, and I think that's a wonderful way to spend holidays. I also think that can add some stress to our holidays. And sometimes it actually takes away from what Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's is maybe supposed to be. And so we want to go into it with a lot of forgiveness as well. That, you know, we want to be the best version we can be and then really practice acceptance of others. We don't know how stressed they are. We don't know what their expectations necessarily are. Maybe we do and they've told us and they're unrealistic. But you want to give the other a benefit of the doubt. And you want to recognize that this is a hard time for everybody because of the expectations that this time of year brings. So maybe we don't even have family. And maybe there's no reason for us to feel celebratory. Maybe we went through a divorce. Maybe we had a significant relationship and it it ended. And now we have to go to an event all by ourselves. So this this is a difficult time for all of us. This is why we want to exercise a lot of grace, a lot of acceptance, forgiveness, and really having appropriate expectations. We have this tendency when we think about the holidays that everybody is supposed to feel like, oh, there's no place like home. Well, you're, you're right. And sometimes that's positive for some, and sometimes there's no place like home is a negative. So we want to make sure that if it's been negative, that we go with a renewed spirit and say to ourselves, you know, people grow and change. Maybe they have. And if they haven't, I have to remind myself I don't live there anymore. And as an adult, I've been allowed to create a life for myself. And so as adults, we can endure things for a limited amount of time. 
We might not be able to live with it, but for a period of time, we can endure it, we can be gracious, and we can help to make the situation as positive as we can and not add to the stress that may already be there. And, and like we said uh, last week, maybe it's the gift-giving issue that is causing us a, a lot of stress, that, that we feel like we have to overspend or that we don't even know the person well enough to know what to buy them. And we don't know what the expectations that others have. So when we're returning home, when we're being with family, and things have changed, and when our values and expectations about, uh, about the holiday are different, it may help lower the stress. If we really go into it saying, you know what, whatever this year brings, I'm going to celebrate the fact that we have another year. And I'm going to look for God in this place. And we love that verse in Genesis where Jacob says, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. And I didn't even recognize it. So make sure you look for the Lord in that place and make sure you consciously bring the Lord to that place. So remember, people want to belong. They want to feel connected during the holidays. And this desire can be so strong that we might even overextend ourselves emotionally, physically, financially. And so maybe we spent too much traveling to be there with family and loved ones. Maybe we did buy gifts we couldn't afford. Maybe we took time off work that maybe we shouldn't have. Maybe we're attending different social functions and family functions because we quote-unquote have to or we should. Or maybe we're getting really too wrapped up in the way the house is decorated and whether the meal is perfect and everybody's sitting down at, at the right time and everybody's enjoying it all together. So these mobility factors... Sometimes we overlook those, and we just have this expectation that family tradition really demands that all the family be together. And we get anxious about, well, whose turn is it this year? Or maybe we haven't talked about it all year, and somebody wanted to change the venue, and nobody's happy about that being changed because nobody talked about it. These create different types of stress. So positive and natural changes in the family system, such as we, we were talking about earlier, a death in the family so that person is absent, or an addition. Somebody's gotten engaged. Somebody's moved in with somebody. They, maybe the person they moved in with or married or whatever has children that you're now bringing, and you're introducing a whole new set of family members. Maybe a baby has come. So this is what's really difficult. Divorce, death, college students returning home. Maybe somebody's absent because of military. Maybe somebody's absent because they're angry and they refuse to come and they want to make everyone pay. So if we don't talk about these things, we end up maybe talking too much in the wrong way. And our lamenting or our, our attempt to relieve frustration and upset by talking about it may turn into gossip. So we want to be very careful about what we say, our tone, our inferences, 
because those things set the next year. They're, they're part of the platform of the next year. That's what Christmas and New Year's does. It establishes and ushers in the new year. So we want to be careful with our words. So let's think about how, how could we maybe make a positive change for this year? So here's a couple things we might want to think about. Ask yourself, what is it about the holidays that get me down? What bothers me about the holidays? Do I have dread? Do I have anticipation that I'm hoping this year finally it will be better? What, what is it that you are bringing to that event? And how can you help yourself become a person that is a little bit more neutral, that is a little more accepting, that is a little more flexible? So you may need to do some things like talk to a, a trusted friend. Make an appointment with a life coach or a therapist for one event just, for, just because you want to do the holidays better. Talk to a pastor. Do some journaling about it. Write some letters to all the people that you have anxiety about. I wouldn't recommend necessarily sending them. But write them letters and say everything you would like to say so that you feel like it's been said. And you can kind of go to the event with a kind of a clean emotional slate. So think about this. If, if doing the same old thing is what's depressing, then don't do the same old thing. If what, you're wor- if what you're doing isn't working, stop doing what you're doing. And don't expect miracles. Let's really all go into this, this time of year with n- not having an expectation that this will be the year so-and-so finally acts right. This will be the year so-and-so is finally nice to me or finally admits that what they did was wrong. This will be the year that so-and-so doesn't overdrink or watches their language or is, is able to keep their kids in, in order. Let's be realistic. Let's be accepting. Let's say, you know, how about if we just don't have a big knockdown drag out fight with everybody? Maybe that would be something I would pray for. Or that people wouldn't be so stressed that maybe they would relax a little bit. Maybe people would be more forgiving. Maybe I could pray ahead of time for a forgiving spirit, for an accepting spirit. And, and let's really be careful about not overdoing. Let's not use this as a time to show up and prove to everybody that we have our act together. Why don't we just show up and be a good version of ourselves, with all the foibles and all the imperfections and all the good things as well? How about if we show up a more relaxed version of ourself and not worry about how things should be or could be or ought to be and not compare our family, spouses, intimate relations, children to all the other families that we think we should be like. So if the holidays make you feel out of control, well, take control of what you can and let go of what you can't and have more compassion on yourself and accept your own limitations. So if you have an anxiety attack, feel like you're going to have a panic attack, if you have to spend eight hours there that day, then cut it into four. Or say to your family, I'll be there for the first couple of hours, and then I have a couple of stops I need to make visiting some other co-workers or friends or neighbors, and then I'll come back. There's a lot of ways that you can change around some of the variables to make it a little more comfortable so that we don't get into this all or nothing thinking, this black or white thinking. And use some humor. Try to see the lighter side of life. 
Don't take yourself so seriously. Don't take others so seriously. And let's make sure we stick to our budget for gift giving and don't feel pressured to prove or to buy something other than just a gift. We're not buying emotional responses. And minimize the overindulging in food and alcohol as a way to cope with stress. Because it never really helps. It always feels like and seems like a good idea in the moment, and it never really works. So let's take good care of ourselves when we go to all these events. Let's be our own best version and be on our own side. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about surviving the family holidays. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me, and I hope your day is going well. And I'm always praying for your week, that your week is filled with God moments, that you see Him working in your life, through you, in you, and in others, and that you continue to look heavenward and to not let the enemy of your soul come in with negativity and, and overwhelm and just heaviness and oppression, that you resist that. And so I'm glad that you're joining me today because we are talking about surviving the family holidays and the stressors that come with this. So if you are just tuning in, make sure that you go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. You can just hit the listen button at the top of the homepage. It'll take you right to all the shows and you can listen to these shows in its entirety. So we're talking about this whole idea of surviving the family holiday. And there's a particular therapist that I like. Her name is Mary Faustin English. She works at Stanford, or she's a faculty member there, and so she writes some things about marriage and family. And so I like some of the ideas that she has, and one of these things is to really address this idea that everyone has at least one relative who kind of makes things difficult. And how do we, quote-unquote, survive or thrive knowing that that particular relative, or maybe there's a couple, maybe it's one of your relative's children, who knows what it may be. Maybe it's a parent, an aging parent, someone that shows up that isn't supposed to show up. We don't know. But how do we manage that kind of stress when we have what we call a toxic relative? And if you remember in the show, the last show, uh, I, when I gave you the example of families like alcohol, and you know, all of us have a level of toxicity. And we have a level of maybe what you would call proof. And so the relatives or the friends that come with your relatives that happen to be really toxic, that might give you like an emotional hangover the next day, we have to really be careful about expectations and about taking it personally and about having this idea that, man, if they do that, then I'm really going to be angry. Instead saying, you know, it probably will happen. And if it does, I need to remind myself, I don't live with this person. I can leave whenever I want. Now, if one of the toxic relatives is attached to you, that's a little different story, and that's a little bit more difficult to manage. And you may have to talk with that person ahead of time. And you may need to say to them, I might want to drive separately because I may want to leave if I can't trust that you're going to be who you know you're supposed to be. If you start arguing or if you start drinking too much, I will leave. 
or <clears throat> I will take you and take you home. And it's important to be able to set boundaries like that, that says, I'm not just going to be a victim to your behaviors. I have another plan. It's not my job to protect your reputation. So if you're acting out and you refuse to leave, then I will. And if my family doesn't understand why that would be important, then I'll have to talk to them in the new year about that. You may have to say to someone, you're not allowed to come. I can't trust you. I can't trust that you're going to be who you're supposed to be. So I will be going to this event by myself. Or I'm going with the kids and you're staying home. So you need to think about these things that this is not like breaking some strange cosmic rule. This is really making sure that people are safe emotionally and even physically. And that you are setting it up so that you don't have to repent for a whole bunch of things because of somebody's outrageous behaviors and language. So you want to have realistic expectations on yourself and others. So you want to be very careful and really manage your facial expressions, your body language. And if there's someone there that holds a grudge against you or that you have a disagreement with, you might try contacting them before the holidays, try to talk to them about it, or even say through email or a letter or a phone call, hey, is it okay if we, if we just call a truce for the rest of the family? That we don't come in with a chip on our shoulder and, and cause the rest of the family to be uncomfortable because we're, we cannot seem to get along or work through this disagreement. And so we want to try to accept family members and friends really for who they are, even if they don't live up to your expectations or even if they're not even attempting to be an adult or a good version of themselves. Because holiday times, that's not a good time to confront things. What you really want to do as an adult is be able to compartmentalize a little bit and say, you know, do I need to address my wife in front of everybody or can I wait until we get home? Can I wait until tomorrow and say, I need to talk to you about what happened at the family event? So can I be more adult and choose my timing? This is really helpful to think about Holidays and events are not the time to work on family issues. They're not. They're too complicated. There's too much expectation and there are too many players that show up. So you want to establish healthy boundaries for yourself and you want to know it's okay to use the word no. And you may want to re review the show that, that we did on making no, the word no, your best friend. You want to make sure that you identify what might be hot topics and you avoid them. You find, a, you practice a gracious way of getting out of a conversation. And so you really become aware as well of what might be unhappy or traumatic memories that have impacted holidays for you. And what do you associate with the holidays? And are those enduring? Do they happen every single year or did they stop at a particular time so that you can kind of say, you know what, I don't want to show up, <clears throat> excuse me, at this family holiday. I'm in my 30s and the trauma stopped when I was 14. I don't want to show up as that 14 year old version of myself. I don't want to use this time to work out those issues. I want to make sure that I'm being timely 
if I need to talk about those issues that occurred over any holidays while I was growing up, the holiday isn't the time to do it. It's during the middle of the year before the holiday occurs. So you want to ask yourself, are there any other issues that might add to the family stress? And, and like we discussed previously, tough issues even get tougher during holidays. And that includes things like marriages, ending in divorce. That's an additional stressor when we're trying to come to a family holiday and we are sharing children. And some people postpone ending a relationship around the holidays because they don't want to be alone. Because being single feels quite difficult and the anticipation of celebrating without someone special is seen as depressing. So New Year's in particular can really be a difficult time for people. So we want to make sure that alcohol and drug use, we're very careful about that during these holiday times. Because ironically, in, in part to cope with stress of holidays, it, it makes things worse. And many times we have people that have gotten some recovery and they relapse during the holidays. So we want to make sure that we're also not overloading ourselves with expectation and perfectionism. So we're coming to the end of this segment. And we're going to talk more in the next half hour about family traditions and how to maybe change the tone of, of events that are going to be coming up in, in, the, in the other years that we have and not just repeating the same scenario. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment. I'll see you on the other side of this, uh, this hour-long show. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me. And if you're just tuning in, we've been talking so much about surviving the family holidays and how we do that well. And, and some of the things that might come up that make it even more stressful and more difficult. And things you can identify and do differently this year. And so when we look at what are some of the really main family issues that we see, that I see in my practice, and that's the majority of people, they come with a relationship issue, and it's primarily adult relationship issues. But, you know, it's also parent-child and family issues. I have a lot of people that struggle with siblings, adult siblings, maybe how they parent their children, things that have happened if they have, you know, if they've been business partners and now that's not working and now they have to come to a family event and pretend like they're getting along. And so it's these, these relationship issues that are very, very difficult. And many times it might be that someone's bringing somebody that, you, you know, you, the whole entire family doesn't like the new partner. And so everybody's rallying against this one person or there's a lot of gossip before the event and then we also have these emotional issues such as depression and anxiety and self-esteem and anger management and grief and loss over who is there or who isn't there or what's happened in your life over the year that maybe you don't want someone to acknowledge. You don't know how to talk about that you lost a baby, you lost a job, you had lost a lot of weight and now you gained a lot of it back. And how do I now go to the event and not have everybody notice or ask me about things? 
And so there's, there's these, these stressors and these work-life balances. And, and many of us have elder care issues. Maybe you have, have people that are, are elderly. They're needing extra help. They don't want to accept it. Maybe they've changed as they have aged. Maybe they used to be really kind and really nice, and now they're not. So how do we deal with all of this? Well, I want you to remember one really important thing, and that is a wonderful acronym, and it's called HALT. It's H-A-L-T, and this is what it stands for. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. If you're hungry, don't try to do a stressful event. If you're angry, try to somehow compartmentalize it or release it in a healthy manner before you go. Remind yourself of why you're choosing this time not to be angry and not to work on your anger. How about if you're lonely? Can you take a friend? Can you limit the time that you stay and have another event, maybe with some single friends, that don't make the holiday feel so lonely or quite so lonely? Do you have a safe family member that you can talk to about that and say, you know what, I, I, I broke up. I can't stand the fact that we broke up. Now I have to show up again as the only single person in the family. I don't even want to go. Is there a safe person in your family? And if not, is there a friend that can coach you through that? Or a therapist? Or a pastor? And then tired. Be very careful that physically you're not too tired. Because that usually gives us a short fuse and impatience. And we have unrealistic expectations. And when we're tired, things that we might otherwise have been able to kind of brush off become majors instead of minors. So we want to practice HALT. We want to take care of ourselves before we go. We really want to work on majoring in the minor, majoring in the majors and not majoring in the minors. We want to remind ourselves that if we are grown adults, none of these people are my children. I don't need to parent them. I'm not their therapist. I'm not their pastor. And I'm not God. So their life is their own. And I need to practice not judging it and simply accepting it, even if I disagree with it 100%. Is it any of my business, actually? As a grown adult, they have autonomy. They're going to be standing before God for everything that they have done, said, and thought. I'm not the parent. So maybe I can just be accepting and remind yourselves, acceptance does not mean agreement. There's a lot of things I accept that I absolutely do not agree with, but it's not my battle, and I have no control over it, and there's nothing I can do to change it. So I accept it. And if someone perceives that as tacit agreement, okay. Because the, the bottom line is, I don't have a whole lot of control over very much of anything other than me. And I even truly <laughs> struggle sometimes with that, right? So make sure that you are taking good, good care of you before you go. And you're anticipating the things that might be a pitfall, that might trip you up, that you might kind of get snagged on, so that you can already have a game plan. So that at least for you, the holidays are not treacherous. They're not as stressful. They're not as depressing or hurtful as maybe they have been in the past. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the last segment as we really talk about positive things that we can do that really can help the family environment.
Well, thank you for joining me. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. So I want to make sure that you can listen to this show in its entirety if you're just tuning in. And you can always go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com and just hit the listen button at the top of the homepage. It will take you to a whole big catalog of the shows that we've done. Make sure you check out all the social media that we offer. I love it when you all comment on the social media. It helps me to really know how I can be more motivational and inspiring for you. And so I'm glad that you are back with me and that maybe you're joining me just now. So we are talking about the idea of family and holiday time. Surviving the family holidays. How can we make it more positive? What can we do? to create some goodness. And if you have really good family holidays, I'm very thankful for that. And maybe this can make it even better and more memorable. So we left off in the last segment talking about making sure that you are prepared for the event. And I gave you the acronym HALT, H-A-L-T, and that stands for Hungry, Angry, Lonely, and Tired. Any four of those things, or all four of them together, will, is a recipe for disaster. If you try to show up to a family event hungry, if you show up to a family event already locked and loaded at the people you know are going to be there, if you show up at the family event lonely and angry because you're lonely, and lonely if you've just broken up with someone, if you've just gone through a divorce, lonely if you've lost someone to a death, somebody has moved, Whatever it may be that's creating loneliness, you have to be careful that you don't take care of that and make some good attachment and have some good moments of attachment if you don't think that your family is going to provide some help with the loneliness. So you want to make sure you're kind of filled up before you go. And then you want to be very careful about going and being too tired. Because we know when we get tired, we, we have frayed nerves, we get more sensitive We take things more personally. We don't tolerate nearly as well. And always remember, acceptance, accepting people as is, does not mean you agree with who they are or what they're doing. It means that you're accepting it because there's nothing you can do about it. And it really is that wonderful AA phenomenal saying, accept the things that you cannot change and change the things you can. And, the, you know, the, the example, the definition of crazy is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting to get a different result. So if you have confronted a family member over and over again and it's not worked, don't do it this year. And even more, stop letting their problems take up so much real estate in your mind. Stop trying to solve all of their problems so you feel better. It's their problems. And sometimes it helps if we just don't care so much. Sometimes I'm having to say to clients, why do you care this much? Is all the care that you have about this person's problem actually helping them or is it burning you out? So be careful about those psychological and emotional boundaries. So how can we introduce some positivity to these events or to also reinforce some positive things. So family rituals and traditions really serve to build bonds, just as traditions in businesses do, traditions in countries do, traditions in religion. 
are very bonding, supportive, and also defining. And so when we establish a foundation for family values, it's a really good bonding experience. And these family values many times are seen through our rituals. And rituals also give children and parents something to look forward to. Family rituals, it's, it's, what this is, is those rituals and traditions, it's a set of behaviors that we repeat year after year. Or every evening at dinner time, we always pray. That's a family tradition, a family ritual. And, and they're meaningful, and they give all the family members the sense of identity and belonging. And they often stir up strong emotions. And we frequently, you know, reminisce about it. And we discuss this stuff in families. You know, when you get together with friends. What about you have, might have sorority sisters? What if you were, in, um, you were in the military and you met with all the men that you fought with? And you talked about those stories and those things that you did every day to make sure you got through the day. And so families, groups of people that you are bonded to and attached to, are strengthened and supported with rituals and values. These different behaviors that we do. So it's a way of transmitting family identity, family values, history. It helps to continue the history of where we've come from and who we are. It helps to translate culture from one generation to another. It helps to introduce new family members to maybe some different cultures. And so think about some examples, because perhaps the best example of family rituals are holiday traditions, and those are surrounding Christmas or Hanukkah, Easter, you know, these different, you know, going back to school, birthdays, Father's Day, Mother's Day, how we handle those holidays. It's kind of like for Christmas, it's like picking out a Christmas tree. Maybe it's, maybe it's gathering for dinner with the extended family and you always have the same meal or different people bring their same things, their same dishes. Maybe we, we all wear Christmas, Christmas clothing. Maybe we listen to particular music. And families also have non-holiday rituals that are unique to their family. And that may be something, I don't know, like people on the East Coast, they, you know, picking apple trees, picking apples from the apple tree every fall. Or, or maybe you all rent a vacation and do some skiing in the winter. And maybe in the summer, everybody, you know, goes to the lake and water skis, especially here in Arizona. So there are, there are lots of rituals that people do. What are the rituals that you do around people's birthdays? And this is very, very important. Think about our, our spiritual rituals, like taking communion. Different, maybe, maybe your church ends with the same song every, every Sunday. So these things tie people together. And they cause people to have identity. And they help people to establish a value system. It has a way of helping people even practice more discipline. It's a guide. It's a template. So think of these different things that your family does, and why you do them, how you may add to them. If one you've done, it doesn't seem to fit your family anymore. Talk about it as a family and say, hey, can we like retire this particular tradition? It's not really meaningful to us necessarily anymore, and we can add a new one. 
And so family rituals are different than routines. See, family rituals, when we contrast them with family routines, we understand that rituals are symbolic. Rituals have meaning. Rituals define and help with family identity. Whereas routines are what we do that are necessary to keep the family unit together. So the routine might be that everybody has a chore in your house. And that's, that's part of their job that they do as being a part of the family. A routine may be the way you all get ready and go to church. And so the routine may be how you end the evening and what, what you do at, at bedtime. And so think of those things that are different than rituals because sometimes a routine has some ritual added to it. So think about with your children. The ritual might be you brush your teeth, you put your pajamas on, you crawl into bed, mommy and daddy come in, and then we say a prayer with you. And that is like a ritual, is that prayer. So family dinner on Fridays might be a routine. But we might change that routine and say once a month we go out to dinner on Friday night as a family. And each Friday, one of the kids or one of the parents gets to pick the restaurant. And that's a ritual, a tradition. So think about how we do birthdays. What are the, what are the rituals that surround that? What are the traditions that surround a new baby? Or, or, or like we said, birthdays. Mother's Day, Father's Day, these things. And this is what you want to remind yourself about Christmas, about New Year's. What are the traditions that maybe we have let go that kind of created some cohesiveness to our family? And we, over the years, we've gotten tired, we've gotten burned out, money stressors, uh, you know, maybe people have moved away and now they weren't able to come this year. And so maybe the traditions have been laid aside. Maybe you need to resurrect them to create some of that cohesiveness, to create some of that family feel, that bonding, that attachment that says we are a family, even if it's not exactly the way it used to be. What defines us as a family? What says to the world we are family? What do we introduce people that visit us? To, how do we introduce them to our family, that this is what our family does? We'd like you to join in it with us. Because the power of tradition, this is never more apparent than it is at Christmas. Christmas, Easter, weddings, birthdays, but very much Christmas. We have so many movies. Some families make of the tradition being they watch a movie, a Christmas movie every year. Some people leave food for Santa Claus, candy for Santa Claus. Some people have the Christmas elves. Some people do an advent calendar. So many traditions we really have are steeped in spiritual beliefs. And those are incredibly poignant traditions. I know in my family, uh, when all of my nieces and nephews were little, and I have quite a few nieces and nephews, but they all are now, almost all of them are grown. But when they were little, every Christmas, they would read the Christmas story, and they'd all dress up, the ones that were old enough to do it and could read, and they would dress up either as Mary, they'd hold Jesus the baby, they'd come as a shepherd, maybe they were Joseph, one would be, maybe be an angel, and they would read different parts out of the Bible, the Christmas story. 
And they loved it, and they still remember it. We also, in my family, always do a white elephant gift on Christmas. I mean, we laugh and laugh. It's hilarious. So think about these traditions that cause you to enjoy each other in a way that is different than just trying to have a conversation. That's why these are so important. They offer us a way to connect without having to emotionally talk deeply, even though that's wonderful as well. The traditions just help us connect with one another in a more lighthearted manner, in a more poignant way. So I want you to begin to introduce new traditions or resurrect old traditions that really help the family members feel they're a part of a family, that they have identity, that they're a valuable piece that defines your family. And traditions, contributing tradition to your family, it helps take the responsibility for the family and makes it collective instead of each, the individual having to make the whole event work. It increases commitment of your family. It increases participation. And so it also helps people go against external influences of our society. When they feel cohesiveness within their family, that they have a family that's got their back, they feel better able to take a stand against the world if necessary and to not conform. So this is a time to maybe make some changes, maybe bring back some new things, maybe to lower your expectations, to increase your acceptance of yourself and others, and to make sure you show up the best version of you at these different events. So God bless you. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Christmas next week as we really wrap up this month. But I'm going to be praying for you. Have a wonderful day. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.